This is Bet MGM Tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Well, one out of three, maybe. P.J. Glasser in the night, Nick Ashew. If you love hoops, whether it's college or pro, oh, yeah. tonight is the night for you. We're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on the Odyssey app, of course. Uh, you can get the podcast from yesterday's show, any of the... Any of the things we've done throughout the time, right wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't really matter. PJ, I'm excited. And here's why I'm excited. We got a great college basketball game for even casual college basketball fans in Kentucky, Miami tonight. I'm on the over, you're on the under. I'm very concerned because I don't like fading you when it comes to college that much. The NBA, uh, you can kick rocks. I'm very comfortable with myself. Now, I, I, you would fade me in yeah. the NBA and I would back you. <laughs> We're That's the total sure. opposites when it comes yes, to that. But that we are. we've got that. We've got a Providence game about to start here in a second. And we've got what is now starting to get him a little steam. The in-season tournament in the NBA. Have you, sir, bought in at all to the in-season tournament? You know, I actually like the concept more than I thought I would. You certainly are watching more than I am. But it does feel like these guys are trying a little bit harder. I kind of like them going all in with, like, the court designs and trying to make Mm -hmm. it cool and trying to make it, like, its own thing. Um... I, I, I Look, Nick, I mean, as you know, I'm a Wizards fan, so I can't really, you know, get up for much. But, like, tonight's matchups, like, I'm I'm fired up for this Kings-Warriors game. I think it's going to be great. Isn't there something going on with this TNT? Oh, they're calling, like, the semifinals of the in-season tournament or something uh, like that? It, so they will. Chuck it's Kenny not yet. And all that. We're finishing up the, uh, the, the, group the group stage play. Yeah. right now. But they are going to have, I mean, this, you know, you're going to start having the quarterfinals and, like, the advancement in the tournament starting to happen yeah. soon. But, yeah, I... I'm pleasantly surprised with where it was. A lot of people scoffed at it, mocked, and listen, make no mistake about it. It's not going to be like winning an NBA championship. But what it does for me, and I think for somebody like you that's a little more of a casual NBA fan, and that, that's fine, right? Like, you're a Wizards fan. I know. It, I'm, I mean, the Wizards are my mistress team, and they suck, and it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's not uh, easy. So I get it. But what you get, you do get more competitive basketball in these games just because of the way, like, the NBA knows, right? They know that the middle of the season, people are going, these guys don't care. So they decided to come up with something that helps at least create the illusion that certain teams care. Do I think the Nuggets care? Do I think the Bucks care? No. Do I think that younger teams like the Thunder or the Pacers or some of these just up-and-coming, exciting teams like the Rockets, do they care? Yeah. These teams care a lot more. It gives you something different. But what's really going to change the perception of it is just going to be creating some sort of tradition with it, and that just takes years. I'll credit the NBA. They give you new things, and if it doesn't work, they scrap it. Like, the play-in tournament works, they're keeping it. They're now going to go back to just regular East versus West in the All-Star game. But they tried some different things. Right. They tried different rules, different, you know, the, the Elam ending. Cool, they did it. Decided out we're not going to really do that anymore. I applaud them for giving at least something new, something to change it. Just not standing there and going, well, this is it. This is our league, and this is what we do, like the NHL and what they do. So, yeah, and if it gets guys like you a little bit more into it, don't worry about the Wizards, man. Here's what I'll tell you. Watch good basketball. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's like my dad watching uh, 
other we were watching Thanksgiving games, you know, on Thursday, like the first one, like the Lions Packers, which actually wasn't a great game. But even that night, 49ers Seahawks. And he's like, you know, sometimes I just like watching football when it's not the commanders. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you get to watch real football. You do. And you're not emotionally distraught. You just enjoy it. So for you, PJ, my advice is this. Watch some of these games that don't involve the Wizards in the tournament, and you'll go, oh, this is kind of refreshing. You guys have turned me on to the Indiana Pacers. Yes, that's Absolutely good. love them. Love them. You turned yep. me on to the Kings last year. Love yep. them. Well, See, not me. I was, I, I was, um, I was a, I was, wasn't anti-Kings. I was anti-Kings Twitter. So I was actually their villain last year. I don't care anymore this year. That's all. And like it just they don't it's a they're irrelevant. Thing. Yeah, yeah it's they're irrelevant to thing. me. I, I don't fair. I don't care about any of those people on Twitter anymore. But no, I was anti Kings the entire year. It was so great to watch them lose in the first round. Because you know, I mean, the NBA like obviously you have your teams that are good every year. You have the Warriors, you have the Celtics, you have the Bucks, the Nuggets, all those teams. But when we get those like young teams that are kind of on the cusp, like we know OKC's like they're coming. I've, I love New Orleans. I just need yeah. them to stay healthy, and I yes. need them to stay whole because I love the talent on that team. So I'm with you, Nick. You know, obviously when you're a Wizards fan, it's just it's tough. So you try and find kind of teams like those league pass teams that you would love to watch. Um, and the Pacers, it seems like, are that team. They've already clinched uh, their group, Group A, in the in-season tournament. So they're killing it right now. In the, uh, in the plan. All right, so what are you on tonight, at least in some of the early games? I know you and I are on opposite sides of this uh, Kentucky-Miami total. I've got the over 164. You're under. Did you get a 164 or 164 and a half? I got a 164 and a half. There you go. That uh, hook. Yeah, Ooh. I got the hook. We went under the total. I-, I understand why the total is what it is. You look at these two teams, and you look at their offenses. Kentucky is sixth offensively in Ken Palm. Miami's 11th, so no surprise the total is what it is. Miami's defense is 101st. Kentucky's is 66th. The reason, though, I kind of like the under, you would think that offenses this elite, offenses that are both averaging 90 a game like both of these teams are, you would think their tempo would be a little higher. Kentucky's is 95th, and Miami's is 137th. So while these teams do score... I don't know if it's going to be that up-and-down game that everybody thinks it's going to be. And as we were talking before we came on air, Nick, like, yes, these teams are great offensively. Yes, there's going to be a lot of points. But a lot has to go right for you to score 165 points in a basketball yep. game. So I'll take my chances. Kentucky's been a wagon, especially at home this season. They've had some great performances. We know Miami can score as well. But I'll take the under in that game. I also took Mississippi State minus 8.5 against Georgia Tech. Currently tied at 7 right now, but only 4 minutes into that game. Mississippi State's going to be a, a really interesting team to watch this season. They're 6-0 and to start the year. They're doing it without their best player, Tolu Smith who was first team All-SEC. Chris Jans came over from New Mexico State. Really good defensive coach. They only give up 59 points per game. Georgia Tech, they're, they're just not good. They're 2-2 two and two this season. Their two losses are to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So the two, like, kind of, you know, Power 5, Power 6 teams that they've played, they've lost to. They gave up 89 points in each of those games. So I figured Georgia Tech, when they play up in competition, their defense can't contain these teams, and Mississippi State doesn't give up many points. So I lay the 8.5 with Mississippi State tonight. Um, hoping that they can cover against Tech. I like the under in Miami and Kentucky. And then I actually bet against my boys tonight, Nick. I took Clemson plus the 9.5 against Alabama. I think Bama wins. Their offense has been ridiculous at home this season. Their four home games, they've scored 100 or more in three of them. But I think Clemson can keep it close. And uh, they have a guy on P- named P.J. Hall on their team. How can well, I bet against P.J., right? Well, you can't. So, I mean, he's one of my favorite college That's players. So <laughs> let's uh, let's ride with Clemson plus 9.5. 
get the old Bama win, Clemson cover. Would make it a perfect night. All right, so the Kentucky-Miami game is the only college basketball game I'm on tonight. I am on the uh, over 11.5 rebounds and assists for Kevon Looney. Every time Kevon Looney plays the Kings, you just this is an automatic bet. It doesn't right, hit it 100% of the time, but his matchup with DeMont- DeMontis Sabonis is... There's, he just gets up for it. Mm-hmm. And you also, like, he has had monster games against the Kings. Uh, he's had a couple, you know, those those 20 points. Like, it matters to both these teams. There's actually a lot of props in this game that people should be targeting. Now, this is one of the big ones. He's had a couple of, you know, 20-point, 20-rebound uh, games. He also was really good at kicking the ball out when he's in the post. Not a big scorer, so you just look at the rebounds and assists here. He's averaging over nine rebounds a game, Looney is. Over 15 potential rebounds per game. So he gets a lot of opportunities. He knows that's what his role is on this team and I'd even go over the same thing but it's 20 and a half for DeMontis Sabonis because they just get up for each other every single time they play it's two guys that want to out rebound each other and they do something very similar except obviously Sabonis is also much more of a scoring threat there too Mikhail Bridges over two and a half made threes actually got it at plus money that's another great spot to jump in because they're playing the, the Nets are playing the Raptors the Raptors over the last three games are the second worst team in the NBA defending the three and they're a bottom third in the NBA defending the three anyway this entire season, but they've been horrible over the last three, allowing teams to shoot over 41% from three. Mikhail Bridges has gone over two and a half threes his last two games, so it was a great opportunity here for him to kind of keep that hot streak going. I'd also say this. I don't know what the number is right now. I did put it in a parlay. I took over five. Whatever the three prop is for Steph Curry against the Kings, just take the over. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's pretty much hit seven threes almost every single game against... The, the Kings that they've played the last two years. I had it in front of me. It's I want to say it's, it's. let's see here. What the hell is going on with this? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six games. So half of those, he's at least hit seven. He's also then hit four one time. He's averaging over five threes a game against the Kings. Dude Ooh. is, and that's not including the playoffs, by the way. Like, it's just, it's, he, I don't know what it is about Kings and Warriors. It's this feel just, of Kings want to kind of be like, the, they're like the young warriors, uh-huh. and the warriors are still the warriors, but not really. It's like almost like there's going to be a passing of the torch one day. There's a great rivalry that's brewing between these two teams. It's not going to last long because Golden State's getting older. But yeah. anytime these guys play, Kevon Looney, Steph Curry, two guys that you target prop-wise every single time. It's good to know. I was thinking about De'Aaron Fox over 28.5 points That's tonight. a good one, too. He's having a great season. Great season. He had 39 against him earlier in the mm-hmm. year. It just feels like he always plays well against the Kings. It feels yep. like Curry always does well against Sacramento. Oh, you're doing the same and thing Fox again. always this does is, well you're doing- against Golden State. So... <laughs> I'm going with Fox. I, I, yeah. Well, that, listen, De'Aaron Fox is not a – that's really just the season he's having, period. That that number, you just take the over. It just feels like every single game. I, so he's – He's beast. He had 36 in see, his last game. Yeah. So. Because he's – I mean, 36. So he did – okay, it was, so it was against New Orleans where he only had 14. Mm-hmm. But that was only in 29 minutes. That was a blowout. And that's the only thing that worries me in a lot of these. That's why I try to stay away from, like, Celtics-Bulls. Because if the Celtics just blow the Bulls out of the water because they're terrible, yep. you're going to start sitting guys in the fourth quarter and you want to stay away from that. But 29 points a game just this month alone for your guy De'Aaron Fox. Also has a 43 and a 30-point game mixed in there. So, yeah, I think that's a good way to go. I think that's a smart target. Meanwhile, anything on Mississippi State and uh, Georgia, right? You're in Mississippi State, Yeah, right? Mississippi yeah. State. So we're, we're not off to a good start. I like 7-11, but I like Slurpees from there. I don't like when I'm laying <laughs> eight and a half and my team has the seven. So we need them to pick it up. Uh, also, Nick, the college football playoff rankings just dropped. 
We got Georgia at one, Michigan two, Washington three, Florida State is Back in. four, and Oregon is five. Why is that significant? What does that tell me? If Florida State wins against Louisville, they're in. Yep. They're a lock. Yep. They easily could have bumped up Oregon. Ohio State also dropped to six, which was significant. I think people were interested to see how far they would drop after that loss to Michigan. Um, they're at six, which which doesn't shock me. That's mm-hmm. probably where I expected them. But Florida State at four, of everything, that tells me the most. And that tells me that if they win the ACC championship, they're going to be in the playoff. Isn't it safe to say that if... Jordan Travis had not gotten hurt. Florida State would have never fallen out of the four spot anyway. Oh, easily. Right. This isn't even it is isn't even a conversation. So that's why I felt like all it really was was the committee has to at least acknowledge that you don't have right. your starting quarterback, that you lose the most important player, really the most important player on your team. We know how important quarterback is. Let's get that out of the way. Whether you want to argue the most talented or not, most important. But you go out, you win. Okay, you're back in. Now you beat Louisville. Yeah, that's it. So it's a little I, – I was more than comfortable, and honestly, I was happy that they did drop Florida State out of the top four because of that, but they earned their right to be back in it now. Correct. I mean, winning at the Swamp in, at night when you're down 12-0, that, that's a nice win. They covered as well. So, I mean, if you're a Power 5 undefeated champion, you're, you're going to be in the college football playoff. I think the reason why people are kind of – trying to create this narrative that Florida State's not going to be in the playoff even though they don't w- even if they win is because they don't want them to be in you know yep. because i think what people really want is they want a Georgia, Michigan, Bama, Oregon playoff i think most would agree those are the four best teams mm-hmm. if that was the playoff nick Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Oregon. You could ask four different people who would be their pick to win the national title. Ooh, man. And each of them would give a different answer. It would be the best playoff we'd ever have. You could make a case for all four teams. And it's like if Florida State gets in, they're going to lose. It doesn't matter who the one is. It doesn't matter if Georgia, mm-hmm. it, they'll, they'll beat Florida State. So I think that's what stinks is Florida State deserves it. They should be in if they win against Louisville. But... It's like, man, knowing what the playoff could be, and if you're truly trying to get the four best teams in, then uh, it, it would be nice if we got those four. Yeah, we can look at some more potential disaster scenarios for this at on a, about uh, 35 yeah. minutes. We'll have that and just kind of look at a little bit farther down because there are some teams, there's maybe one Alabama, maybe, that has at least the opportunity maybe. to sneak their way back in. Uh, something, too, here real quick. This actually was kind of felt like it went under the radar. Jonathan Taylor is going to undergo thumb surgery tomorrow. He's going to miss like two to four weeks. Scott Lynn is upset because uh, he's on your fantasy team, isn't he? Oh, no. Uh, yes. I heard Nick, a lot of F-bombs, he almost like uh, David Tepper after the locker room fiasco uh, yesterday. And I was screaming full health. Scott, who, uh, yes. are your, who are your other running backs on that team? They're not as good as Jonathan. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I got Kyron Williams back. There you go. He was a monster, and I've already oh, clinched him. Oh, you're a great uh, dude. He's and I, a he's you, and and maybe something Kyron's that rhymes with mostard. So there's okay. that too. It's it's a good team. You're not it's, even in a bad spot. You want, me, you, want, you want me to make you cry for a second? We were zero and four. We've since won seven of eight. Yeah, you're good. And we Jonathan Taylor is half burn. this season for you. Yes. The Fighting Denver Scotland Broncos Roseman, are coming it? hot and coming in hot. I kind of uh, figured Javante's your roster on the bench too. I figured your wow. roster was going to be trash or something. No, you're loaded. <laughs> With I'd rather have him than not, Nick. Okay, but if you don't have room for him, Kyron Williams, you're just Bear. fine. God. All right, what we learned from Feast Week in College Hoops with Kai McEwen. Next, it's Bet MGM Tonight. 
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. It's not the bombs to George Pickens. That's not what's changing here. So in that aspect, I do wonder how long it will take for other defenses to catch up to this added wrinkle that they are featuring, number one. And then number two, we saw this in the Rams-Cardinals game. Like, yeah, Kyler Murray looks more than serviceable, but boy, they are bereft of talent. I mean, it's the problem they've had all season long. It's not that they aren't coached. I mean, the coaching's not the problem. It's that they just don't have enough talent. Like, they get a ton of pieces in the draft, and at least the Cardinals can be serviceable. You could build around Kyler Murray if you want to, but... They're just lacking a bunch of warm bodies at this point. I think the correct answer here is to lay it with Pittsburgh. He is the favorite still. The markets aren't open, but like when they closed, he was the favorite. And Bland gets a pick six. And I'm thinking to myself, and we play that Nance call already in the show, which is just so electric. And it's like, awesome. And this guy has done something that no one's ever done before. And these are really impactful. Like a pick six isn't, you know, it's not like uh, it's like a random play, but it's also a very important play. Like it matters that he did this. It's not just like random or silly or something like it's really, really impactful. Uh, and at the same time, and this is why I told people back, I just go, look, and I said this Thursday, I go, look, it, if they held the vote right now, Miles Garrett would get every vote. Like, I don't care if he broke the record for pick six. Miles Garrett would get every single vote if the voting was held literally right after the game. Miles Garrett would have got every vote. So just like, that's where we were. That's where we were on Thursday night. Now Miles Garrett might be out for a long time. Does that open things up for a random winner? Maybe. Micah Parsons is advocating for Bland to win instead of himself, which is kind of interesting. Now, the Cowboys have two defensive player of the year candidates. Generally, when you have two, that's terrible because they cannibalize each other and they both get votes. And that's probably not great. Does TJ Watt just win now? If Miles Garrett's going to be out for a long time? Maybe. T- look at who TJ Watt's facing at quarterback the next eight weeks. Look at some of those guys. That's six sacks in a game waiting to happen with some of those games. Um, not necessarily this week he's playing Kyler Murray, but like you, you literally look at the schedule, you get the idea. Uh, they got they got the Patriots on the schedule coming up. That'd be one game. So just like, who is it now? It, I, I don't my know. Point Mal- is, Malik which, Cunningham's got some escapability. Oh, maybe. I don't know how that's going to go. But maybe. Won't be Will Greer. But they... Uh, so yeah, can can Bland win? Also, I just said I'll give you 30 seconds and I gave you five minutes. Uh, can he win? Sure. Do I think the probability of it is very high at whatever it's going to reopen at in the market? We don't know what that's going to be. If Garrett's out, it's going to be a pretty low number. Just wouldn't bet it. Just wouldn't bet it. And if he wins, like so be it as of right now. And maybe I'll change my mind in a week or two weeks when he's got 11 pick sixes. But I just, as of right now, like would, would, just wouldn't bet it. Not, cannot, can't win. Just wouldn't bet it. They're, I think they both suck. I, mean, I think like, they're both terrible. Like, Matt's just... Like Max better, and I'll be like, he turns it over so much. Yeah, but like, but he's he's gonna go somewhere else. I'm not suggesting he's gonna like be a great quarterback where he goes next. I think he's so in his head, and like the last couple years have broken him. And I I can't prove that. That's just my opinion as a sports fan watching the games. I think Max is better than Zappy, but he's so in his head at this point that like you can't play him. Like he needs to sit. The interception yesterday. He he throws more interceptions directly to defenders when there's no one in the area than anyone I've ever seen in the NFL. Who called that game yesterday? It's like escaping me. But whoever was the color remember. commentator was very oh, did, funny because did Kenny Albert oh, it was Jonathan do the game? Vilma? Yeah, it was, it was Kenny Albert and Jonathan yeah, Vilma. Albert and Vilma. The, the balls in the air that Mac Jones throws and Vilma before it's even picked off is like, oh, <laughs> it's just just really funny buzz killington uh, yeah how, okay how about this if the patriots announced that mac jones is starting i'd actually get 
that basically this is if it's I Matt think people Jones, would bet the Patriots too. I, I think there are so many sickos out there who are like, well, Belichick six. Yeah, I'm not I'm not on that train. If it's Matt Jones, it's a never bet New England here because he's gonna throw four back-breaking interceptions in the game. If it's Zappy, I think Zappy sucks. I think he's terrible. I don't think he's good. But I mean, Cunningham. it's but look at the look at the opponents. It's Staley. Yeah. This offense has no. How are they scoring? I would also say, uh, real quick, in the NFL today, during the end of the broadcast, Scott Hansen of the Red Zone Channel mm. uh, basically alerted us that there was an alarm to vacu uh, evacuate the building, and you could hear the alarm in the background. He just didn't. He he stayed there. He yeah. was told that he ended up being okay through it, but a kind of a scary moment on live television today. A host having a building alarm go off saying they need to evacuate and him just like, no, I have to bring you more football. This is the religion of America. We must yes. continue to cover this. No matter the circumstance, we will fight. We will get through it. So I, I'm glad that nothing yeah. serious happened, but yes. kind of a weird moment on television. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Nick Ashew, BetMGM Tonight, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech. There you go. Tied at 13 now. A lot better. A lot better. See, just it's early. Game it is runs. early. I know they're getting Game some stops, runs. Nick, but they're not they're not hitting three. I mean, they, they could they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. <laughs> it's ridiculous with all these bricks they're throwing. I mean, what is that? Ridiculous. <laughs> Brutal. I think my favorite thing with you sweating a bet is that you're like the calmest, nicest, most level-headed dude I know, mm -hmm. and you turn into an absolute monster. I do. When in like, I'm ready to. I'm worried you're gonna break something in yeah, the studio. When I'm in the sweat chamber, it's just I don't know what it is. I got to start standing, and I oh just, yeah, I can't sit still. You ever pace in your house, like when you're oh absolutely. Or, Absolutely. I just I just want to start pace. I just I can't stand still. I that's just, what I was that's yeah. what I was doing last night, realizing that that uh, um, Vikings win by one to six points at plus three fifty wasn't coming home. When I watched Justin Fields just find a wide open receiver, oh. I went, oh oh yeah. So all game you can't move the ball down the field, and right now you're going to get in a field goal range. <laughs> still, just one of the worst. I mean, that, that was just that was bad. That God, was that bad. was tough. Uh, yeah. Providence also up 20-12 to 12 now on Wagner. Got a bunch of NBA in-season tournament games about to tip off in about a 10 minutes or so here. So uh, we just had Feast Week in college basketball. Did you ever – did you leave the TV at all, or were you just between football and Feast Week for you as a college basketball nope. junkie? Had no time for grandma, no time <laughs> for the parents. It was just me, myself, my food, and my television – Michigan State and uh, Arizona, they said the ratings for that game was incredible. So, love Feast Week, Nick. It's just it's a little appetizer for, like, what we're going to get when March comes. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It, it is. really it, is. You at least get some early, uh, you get some early kind of just, I guess you could say small sample sizes of what some teams at least could yep. be. And you, you know, know it's, with the matchups. And you know it's Feast Week when Purdue looks like they're going to win the national title. That's oh, how you know it's Feast isn't, Week. Isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. All right, we bring on Kai McEwen, three-man weave. Let's let's just kind of look big picture right now with, with what we saw in, in Feast Week. Biggest takeaway for you, maybe biggest surprise, what stood out? There's certainly a lot I guess we could comb through with that. Yeah, obviously a lot of great tournaments, a lot of great MTEs during Feast Week. Best time of the year outside of March. 
Uh, yeah, start with Purdue. I thought Purdue looked great. <laughs> like uh, like you said, they look like a national title contender. I think this year is a bit different than last season with the guards becoming sophomores, not just freshmen, right? They had more experience under their belt. They have a guy like Lance Jones, a little bit more dynamic on the wing. They certainly lacked that last season. Um, Arizona, you mentioned them against Michigan State. For my money, top two team in the country with Purdue right now, at least from the eye test. Yep. They kind of remind me of UConn from last year at this point, just very little weaknesses in my opinion. But yeah, it was great watching the Maui, great watching Atlantis. Those tournaments are the best all season. Yeah, completely agree. What about Kansas, Kai? They were the number yeah. one team in the country going into Maui. And my big takeaway is they really don't have a lot of depth. You know, they brought in Nicholas Timberlake from Towson. They hope he could add some scoring. They have some five stars. But it just seems like, you know, when they play against these elite teams, when they go up against the Marquettes, when they go up against the Purdue's, I mean, they're they're going to really struggle with their depth. Is that something that you can see them kind of building throughout the year? Or do you think that's going to be a weakness for them? Yeah, I, I trust Bill Self to figure it out. But yeah, right now it's a huge weakness. Top four, they might have the best top four in the country or at least can go toe-to-toe with anybody. But after that, it's, it falls off. They need to find a fifth starter. El Marco Jackson is supposed to be that guy, five-star freshman. He has not looked very good. Timberlake, you mentioned, has not looked very good. Uh, and that really goes into shooting as well. Shooting is a big weakness to this team. Uh, outside of Dewan Harris, who doesn't really look to shoot that much, they haven't been that great. Um, still have Dickinson, still have Adams, McCuller, and Harris, and and Bill Self, arguably the best coach in the country. So it'll be fine. But right now, yeah, that that is a glaring weakness that some other elite teams don't have. Yeah, and obviously they had that loss to Marquette by uh, 14 yeah. points, and they turned the ball over 18 times. And when you go back and, and, and look at that game and how, I mean, Marquette was just so aggressive. They had that 11-0 run at 1.2. But to me, it was all about just – the generating of the turnovers and looking like they were just overwhelming Kansas physically in that game. Do you look back on that and say that was more based on that issue for Kansas and the depth and maybe there's some more things they're going to have to maybe address or is it just more of a testament to the type of team Marquette is in your eyes? I kind of lean Marquette on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very well coached with Shaka as well and yeah, their defense, it seems like they have eight guys on the floor when the other team has five, right? Trying to bring the ball up against that that sort of press they do. A lot of length in the perimeter. Speed, tons of speed. Their, their freshman, Sean Jones, is fast as lightning. Uh, a lot of length. Kolick, obviously, very physical point guard. So, yeah, I, I think it had more to do with Marquette, and Marquette was impressive, too, that whole tournament. The fact that they were even in the game with Purdue, who was on fire uh, during that contest, was impressive in itself. Kai, I'm looking at all these bracketologists, and they have the Big Ten having like eight teams in the tournament, and it just bothers me, Kai, because we know what this conference (laughs) does in March. Purdue, I'll give you. Michigan State, we both know they're going to be fine with Izzo in March. But it's like all these teams that we maybe thought had some potential. Boy, has Maryland looked bad to start the year. Illinois up and down. Indiana hasn't been great. I mean, realistically, outside of Purdue and Michigan State, is there any team in the Big Ten right now that you would kind of buy low on at this point? Man, I liked Wisconsin preseason. I still kind of like them. Uh, I think they're a good defensive team, and they have a little bit more dynamism this year on offense with A.J. Storr coming from St. John's. Uh, but I do not like Indiana. Uh, Maryland, I think, will figure it out. Iowa's always good offensively, but we know they're, they're nothing come March. They, they will lose in the first or second round. Fran McCaffrey's never been to a Sweet 16, which is wild. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the Big Ten overall is kind of 
it's kind of down past, past Purdue and Michigan State. No one's looked great. Um, maybe Ohio State is actually the third best team in this conference. I mm-hmm. thought it was Michigan. Then they kind of looked poorer in a couple of games. So a little bit of a crapshoot. We'll, we'll see what happens come conference play. I know it's early in the season, but does Michigan even look like a tournament team to you? Because they're four and three now. Sometimes. <laughs> I watched the St. John's <laughs> game. I watched St. John's game. I was like, man, this team's awesome. You know, and, and Phil Martelli was coaching that team at the time. And no offense to Juwan Howard, I think Phil Martelli is a better coach than he is. Uh, not saying they won't be good when he comes back on the bench, but they're way too inconsistent right now. Um, after that St. John's game, losing to Long Beach State, inexcusable. Um, I thought they pr- played okay in their MTE. But yeah, they, they, they still need to figure some things out. Um, pretty young team. Again, no depth, kind of like Kansas. That, that, that's what they're really lacking. Kai, we talked about Marquette a little bit earlier. I mean, who do you think is the best team in the Big East? UConn, we know they lost some pieces, man, but they still look really, really good. I know Creighton had a had a bad loss to Colorado State, looked terrible in that game, but they got a really good team too. At this point, is UConn still the team to beat for you in the Big East, or, or do you like Marquette or Creighton? Yeah, I'll go UConn by a hair over Marquette. I love Marquette. They're right there, but UConn looks scary good. They've been winning games without uh, Castle. They're, they're five-star freshman who is awesome. Uh, Cam Spencer is a terrific grab from the transfer portal from Rutgers. He looks great. Klingon is starting to find his groove. He he was coming off in, coming off injury the first couple of games. I think he needed to settle in a little bit. Dominated New Hampshire uh, on Monday. Yeah, I think UConn's won for me. Marquette, Creighton's right there, and Villanova uh, looked great th- uh, this week as well, despite the coaching, I don't think Cal Neptune's too great, but uh, the roster is um, undeniable. Talking to Kai McHugh and Bet MGM tonight. All right, so we got Kentucky and Miami set to play tonight. Now, PJ and I are on opposite sides of this, just just slightly. He's under 164 and a half. I'm over 164. I just looked, PJ. The total has gone down to 162 and a half. So I'm not, not feeling too good right now about that, Kai. Is this going to be one of those games where you see a lot of points, you like the over, or you may be more on PJ's side where I think we may be taking an under on that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought they couldn't make the total high enough. That was my initial lean. <laughs> yes. Uh, Feel a little Miami doesn't good. play. Miami doesn't play defense. Both teams are awesome in offense. The problem is, is there some regression coming, uh, shooting wise? Mm-hmm. Both teams are top four in the country in three point percentage. I kind of buy the Miami one. I'm not sure I buy Kentucky being that good of a shooting team. So we'll see. Uh, two teams that want to get out in transition. This game might have 80 possessions. If that's the case, I do lean towards the over. Uh, didn't play it. Another pretty good game tonight, Alabama and Clemson. I just want to get your thoughts on these two teams. Clemson's kind of a sleeper team, maybe in the ACC. Bama, we know they were the number one overall team going into the tournament last year. Lose a ton of guys, but they got the number one offense right now, according to Ken Palm. They don't play much defense, but they have a loaded offense. How do you kind of see these teams? What do you see in this game? And then what do you think of both teams moving forward? Uh, Very curious to see what Clemson does, because I was high on them in the preseason. I uh, love P.J. Hall. I uh, love who they brought in. Joe Girard, I think, was a great get from Syracuse. And Brad Brownell does not get a lot of credit. He's been a pretty good coach. Clemson's not an easy place to win uh, from a basketball perspective. Uh, and, and, yeah, you mentioned Alabama. They tend to fluctuate when they're good defensively, when they're not good defensively under Oates. The offense is usually there. This season, they do not appear to be great on uh, the defensive end, and that's kind of due to a lack of you know, comparatively athleticism that they've had in the past. Uh, length in the perimeter. They're, they're lacking it compared to last season, but they can still score. Um, so I'm curious to see what Clemson does. I thought the line was a little bit high 
I'd lean towards Clemson. Um, they are, have a ton of experience. I think top 25 in the country in experience. And again, uh, I think Brownell is a pretty good coach. We'll have a good game plan. PJ Hall is going to be tough to stop. You know, Kai, I'm looking at the uh, odds to win the ACC right now. Duke is such a heavy favorite at plus 125. UNC's 5-1. to one, Miami's 6-1. to one. Clemson's all the way down there at 14-1. to one. I know it's really early in the mm-hmm. season, but who do you look at right now as the biggest threat? And uh, you may not even see Duke as the best team in the ACC, but clearly they're the favorite, so we can certainly look at it that way. I mean, Tyrese Proctor's played a lot better since that Arizona game to start the year. Uh, who do you look at right now in the ACC and say, you know, they look like the team that would be the biggest threat to Duke who sits as the favorite? Yeah, it's funny. How many times has Duke won the ACC regular season? It hasn't been much, and they're yeah. the favorite basically every season. Maybe it changes under Shire, right, just year two for him. That was kind of Coach K's bugaboo. He couldn't quite win the regular season. didn't matter, won the tournament. Uh, I, I would say North Carolina if they, if they had a better coach, uh, but I don't give Hubert <laughs> Davis a lot of credit. Uh, so I'll go Virginia. Defense still travels. I think they're going to be really good come ACC play, and Tony Bennett always uh, does well in that league. Virginia six to one, PJ six to one. Can't get there. Can't get, not this not this Virginia <laughs> no, team. No. no, but maybe the James Madison. Maybe that's the yeah. Virginia team. Kai, what about some of these mid majors? I mean, who could be this year's yeah. San Diego State? Who could be this year's FAU? Both those teams are really good. It might be them again. Yeah. Uh, or are there some other teams that you like as well? Well, yeah, they can just run it back. FAU yeah. looks fantastic still after kind of a, a rocky start, I would say. Uh, yeah, James Madison <laughs> is a good pick. I think Kent State's still awesome. Uh, Liberty, they lost the, the best player in their program's history, one of the best mid-major players of all time, and Darius McGee, and somehow they're better than last season. So th- they'll be dangerous as well come tournament time. Kai McEwen, three-man weave. Always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You know, it's funny. We look at Duke as, like, such a heavy favorite to win the ACC. So much is based on just Duke and the name. Oh, like, let's course. be honest. It's like the Cowboys every year. We know their odds are always shorter to win the win the Super Bowl because – and, again, look, the Cowboys do have a lot of great regular seasons, right? Win yep. a ton of games. We've seen it time and time again now. But the reality of it is there's so much of that based off of just name alone. And Duke really is in that spot still. John Shire, we don't, we don't know yet what this program is going to look like down the road with him as the head coach, but we at least see a team that certainly looks like they can win the ACC. 100%. I mean, Duke far and away is the most talented team in, yeah. in that league. I mean, they they should win it. Miami, I'm not as high on as most people. You know, they do return some of those guys from their Final Four team, but they lost their two best players in Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller. I agree with Kai on North Carolina. I like their talent. I just don't love... Hubert Davis is a head coach. Nobody does. So, I mean, it's that, like, you go, well, think about it. It's like his first year, we were like, are they going to make the tournament? Then they get all, I mean. They should have won the title. Right, right? they should have won the title. And then <laughs> yeah. it's right back to, oh, never mind. Yeah. No. I, so I just, I can't get there with Carolina. Virginia, it just feels like they're going to be a five seed and lose to a 12 like they've done like the last four years. So I can't get there. I'm with Kai, though, on Clemson. Mm. I think that could be the team. He mentioned they were... 14-1 to to win the ACC. And, you know, I kind of like that. I mean, they're very experienced, like he said. Top 25 in terms of experience. P.J. Hall is one of the best players in the ACC. Got a veteran point guard in Joe Girard. I think that Clemson-Alabama game is going to be really, really good because Bama might be the best offensive team in the country. They're at Tuscaloosa tonight. So if Clemson's able to to stop that offense, contain that offense, then, you know, they'll have a good chance containing some of these ACC offenses like Duke and Miami. So 
I, I agree with him. Clemson could be a team to watch moving forward. Got the uh, NBA in-season tournament Tuesday games about to tip off. Heat Bucks. This is no Jimmy Butler tonight. Bam out of bio. Nine straight games with 20-plus points. You want to jump on a last-minute points prop? I'd look at Bam. Bam gets up against uh, Giannis. Giannis actually struggles against Bam, too. I did in, in one parlay take under. I propped it up. I moved it up a little bit to 32.5. I took under 32.5 points for... Giannis, even though he's averaging close to 30 a game. He really struggles against Bam. Bam is, again, you know, we see these certain matchups in yep. the NBA where guys just get up for somebody else, and you see Bam doing that with Giannis. You get that a lot with, you know, Jokic and Embiid. We've watched that battle. I talked earlier about the just the Kings and Warriors as a whole with Kavon Looney then and DeMontis Sabonis, so... Do you, do you like the red the all red court for the Heat? Uh, it's not, it's okay. Okay, I don't love the Heat culture jerseys. I, you know what? Mm. I'm glad you brought that up because not you had great. Spolster get all pissy last year when yeah. people brought it up, which I don't understand right. because it's a compliment to what you've helped build. I agree. Like that, it's like be, that's a good thing, and now they've got it written on their jerseys. Yeah, and now the, the name of their arena, Casilla Center. Oh, well, that's it's like what the Steelers changed Heinz Field to it's, Agriculture, like whatever that name is. Acupuncture, I don't know I what it no is. no idea. I hate yeah. the name changes for arenas, but we know in the end it's all branding. Yes, but the branding is. is really just about the money you're going to get from the next company that wants to be the brand for you. So there's really nothing left. Uh, what the college football playoff looks like just days before championship weekend. Next, BetMGM Tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL of a host saying like, yo, they're telling me to get out of here, but I'm not going to because yeah. the red zone's that important to people. Yeah, I was a little worried. I have a friend who works for NFL Network, so I was a little bit worried that he's at the broadcast, and I was a little bit worried about that because it, it sounded pretty dire, but it's the kind of thing where you hear that alarm, and it's so jarring for it to be on the broadcast that you think like, I thought, was it the building across the street from me, or it's somewhere in my building, or was it in one of the games at one of the stadiums? Right. But for it to actually be there, and for, like she said, the studio was evacuating, I mean, it's, it sounds horrible. You, you think, I hope nothing horrible is happening, obviously. But for him to want to stay and say, no, I'm staying here. I am risking my life to bring you every touchdown possible because he he is a man of the people. And he's bringing the people what they want. He is a, a the GOAT for that. Scott Hansen, the GOAT, obviously. Before this, he was. But today, even greater. But a great tweet that he quote tweeted. Scott Hansen was great on Twitter after this. And he it was somebody took the video of the Titanic movie. And when they're playing the violin as they're going down, but put oh. the red zone music <laughs> over it. It was great. Because that, I mean, Scott Hansen is, he is so dedicated. He is going down with that ship. He's like, they're telling me I have to evacuate. He's probably thinking, well, I guess I could probably use the bathroom if I evacuate. So it would be a moment where maybe I could, but I would bet you if they gave him the opportunity to, he wouldn't take it. He'd say, no, I have to get right back. And they're coming back in the building and they say, oh, Scott, you can just like go use the bathroom if, if you have to. Nobody would have to know. Scott Hansen would say, no, I have to be authentic for the people. And I have to, uh, they come first and, you know, we got to finish red zone, finish strong. So he, it, that was a very interesting situation because they go to the game. He said how they do it. We go to the game that is the closest to the red zone and we, we're going to just send you to the broadcast. Um, but then a producer from uh, NFL Network did tweet out that they have a backup red zone broadcast booth in New Jersey. He said they did not need oh. it today. But they have a backup on standby if they okay. need it. They're the backup QB team. 
And uh, and so that I learned something new today. Did not know that, but I figured they probably did. I mean, you can't have red zone go down, of course. So and Scott Hansen agrees. Right. Scott Hansen would would fly to that New Jersey studio if he had to very quickly and, and figure out a way to finish red zone if this had happened earlier. But he, he the goat. I love Scott Grant. Hansen. Love Grant's in the chat. Says he's a real American. Absolutely, Grant. You're you're absolutely yes. right on that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad he's okay. Everything went all right. So I, you know that that's not going to last too long. We know how you pick on the Eagles. You know what this bet is. If you're betting on San Francisco, you're betting against the Eagles. You're like, okay, they've dealt with so much over the last couple of weeks. It doesn't mean you're betting against them for the season, but just in this specific spot, now a third straight tough game. And it was a short week too. Remember that. And, and they had the five quarters off that short week. And now you got to get ready for San Francisco. They have extra prep time. They've been gearing up for this one. Do you trust Purdy? That's how you get to the Eagles. That soft secondary. If you trust Purdy, you're back in San Francisco. If you don't trust him to exploit this Eagle secondary, then you're uh, then you're taking the home dog. Um, there, I think there are some that we can bump down. Is what stands out. Like there have been certain weeks where I've looked at at these odds and said they've got it right. Oh, that is just dead on the order, the number. Like it makes perfect sense. I can't sit here and say that this morning. Should Dan Campbell be as short as plus 140? Like, he's on his own <laughs> tier right now. He's on his own tier. Mm -hmm. And D'Amico Ryan's, his number, you could find him more than double that. Should that be the case? And then Mike McDaniel's on another tier. So the, the gap between plus 140 for Campbell or plus 175 range to Mike McDaniel at plus 600, does that make sense? I don't think Sirianni's going to win, and he's your fourth favorite. They, the expectations were just way too high. He's doing a terrific job, yeah. but that's just not how you win this award. Uh, Sean Payton is the fifth favorite. Can he win it? 16-1. to 1. He's getting all the credit Ooh. right now. He's getting all the and credit. And there's still plenty of football. Yeah. But can they keep this up? Like That's the thing. How many turnovers are you going to need? in the final third of the season for the Broncos to get into the playoffs. If they get in, if you believe that's going to happen, then maybe, maybe I would not bet on Sean Payton, even though this is a guy that I liked coming into the year. Cause I just don't know how this keeps up. Um, bad quarterback play. Shane Steichen might be in the playoffs with the backup. Now back to bet MGM tonight on the bet QL network presented by bet MGM. Listen, PJ, I know that Iowa can't score, and we've talked so much and joked about uh, totals and games for Iowa this season, especially the Nebraska game that we just saw. But this is out of control, okay? Right now, Michigan, Iowa. I'm looking at just a bunch of team totals oh, and some of the early. It's beautiful. Iowa's isn't it? first half team total against Michigan this weekend is over half a point for the. Entire first half. That is correct. Half a point. <laughs> but I'm not done. I'm not done here. The entire game, over seven and a half points for Iowa, is plus 160. Over half a touchdown, plus 105. Like, I understand Michigan's a 23-point favorite in this. I understand that there's a vast difference, which is why I'm so glad the Big Ten's going to look totally different and we're never going to hopefully see a matchup like this in a Big Ten championship game ever again, PJ. But this is something 
for a championship game in a Power 5 conference, we're looking at a team that's plus money to score one touchdown in that championship game. It's... I, I don't know how they score. If Michigan... <laughs> oh, that's the worst part! You can't even figure out how! If Michigan doesn't turn the ball over, Iowa won't score. It's just... It's that simple. Your only chance is a muff punt, is a deflected interception, is a fumble. That's your only chance. Now, you know exactly what's going to happen is Iowa's going to return the opening kick for a touchdown. Right, like, right, that's, right, right. That's exactly And that's happen. the only thing that's, that's scary is something crazy happens. But it, it's... Nick, I love Michigan in the game. I'd lay minus 23, yeah. and I like the over. I think Michigan's going to get it by themselves. This game has 38 <laughs> nothing written all over it. Penn State beat Iowa 31 to nothing. So you figure if Penn State beats them 39 to nothing, Michigan's probably going to beat them 38 nothing. And that that's how it's going to I just I mean there's a reason that it's plus money. It's plus 160 for Iowa to score eight or more points because it's just it's not going to happen I feel like when Iowa plays you could just take some of the light bulbs out of the scoreboards there and save money and just be, you don't even need all of them because they're not going to put any put up any points I, I mean it's like this is the easiest correlated parlay of the entire season if you like Iowa to cover the spread you better take the under because the only way it's going to happen is if they lose 20 to 3 that's your only chance under seven and a half points for the game Iowa team total minus 210 <laughs> I just can't get over any of these prices. Oh. It's unbelievable. And here we are. What I'm, a treasure they. In all good, seriousness, good though, like how good of a coach is Kirk Ferentz that he was able to win yep. 10 games in a Power 5 conference when your offense is a plus 160 to score over 7.5 points in a championship game. Like, we, we, I mean, we all make fun of Iowa's offense, and rightfully so, because they are just, they are so fun to watch and how bad they are. But, I mean, Ference is an unreal coach, man. I, I just... Now, look. I mean, the one thing with Iowa, right, is they have absolutely nothing to lose in this game. They should try and use every trick play possible in the book. But it's just like... I mean, how is Michigan going to give up any point? Michigan, before they played Penn State, when they played absolutely nobody, they were giving up five points per game this season. And they were playing offenses that were way better than Iowa. So, I just... I mean, Nick, I was I was not scored in this game. They're just I, they're not. God. They're not. I would love to bet an exact score of thirty-eight nothing. Like I love that score <laughs> prediction way too much. That I'm going to bet that exact score. I wonder if BetMGM has that available. Man, would I love that. Like there are just certain games you have a feeling for that like it's gonna be like maybe like, you know, twenty one set, whatever it is. I just right. I love Michigan to win thirty eight nothing. That almost may be a game where it's like it's so ugly, you're just moving it to a second screen and putting on a movie. Starts at 8 Eastern, you're like, you know what? This may get out of control really fast. Twitter is going to freak if Iowa scores a touchdown in this game. Like, if they if they go up 7-0 or something like that, people are going to lose their mind. It's going to be awesome. Let's see. So, BetMGM has an, only a couple scoring props up right now. Both teams to score 10 or more. Yes is plus 225. Think about that. Just to score 10 or more, both teams. Plus two twenty five. Yeah, no way I'm taking that. Yeah, not None. a chance. No way I'm taking that. I uh but yeah, I mean I I really like Michigan full game minus yeah. twenty three and a half. I like the full game over because I just think Michigan's gonna do that by themselves. I really have no play on the first quarter spread, minus six and a half or the first half. You know, Michigan could certainly get off to a slow start. This could be one of those where it's like zero zero end of the first quarter. Michigan's in the red zone to start the second quarter and then they get their touchdown, so I just uh, I just like the spread with Michigan. I like the total as well. I don't think 
there's any way for Iowa to make the playoff. Like, I saw there were some hundred to ones out there for them to win the national championship. Same with Louisville. Like, save, save your. I mean, yeah. complete and utter chaos would have to ensue for those teams to make it. Uh, Michigan, they're they're done if they lose this game, and obviously they are they are in if if they win. They are a lock. I was looking even at just alternate spreads for Michigan. I can't get anything past Michigan minus twenty seven and a half <laughs> at plus one fifty one. Yeah. So you're not even. It's just yeah. It's just not even worth it there. But listen, there's a lot of other potential like. I don't even want to maybe even real not necessarily realistic, but more likely scenarios than mm-hmm. Michigan losing to Iowa. Granted, injuries change everything. Mm-hmm. And even then I think like JJ McCarthy's already banged up. He could go down and Michigan would still win this game and they'd they'd still beat Iowa. But, you know, we're looking at obviously the big one is the SEC title game. Georgia and Alabama. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Georgia's or Alabama's only been an underdog, I think, four times since twenty ten. Correct. Each time it's been against Georgia. And they are a dog, a six point dog to Alabama in this game. But there's something, and listen, I know you're you're a Bama alum, roll, t- roll damn tide for you, but there is this feel, and you've talked about it throughout the year, and I know you Bama fans, you always think you're spoiled, and you think your team's going to win every single year, but they always suck at the same time, but yet they're still always in the, in the hunt. Watching what they did last week against Auburn, there is this little bit of like, Oh my God! Are they a damn team of destiny here? I, like, do they do they roll over? And I'm a big believer in momentum game by game, especially a team in Jalen Milrow, the way that he's come on as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he looked like Jalen Hurts in that game, especially late that game winning touchdown. Like what he was able to pull off. I'm going. Who is this guy that was benched earlier in the season? There's something about Alabama. We've quietly just ignored Georgia all season. We haven't seen them lose a football game in what feels like 10 years. We've watched them win back-to-back national championships, but they don't feel like the same Georgia teams that we've seen over the last couple of seasons. The bet to make for next season, Nick, is Jalen Milrow to win the Heisman Trophy. Mm -hmm. He's going to win it next year. Their entire offense just about is going to be back. Tommy Reese is really starting to find himself as an offensive coordinator. He's going to be back. Obviously, with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC, there's only going to be even more big games, so he will have more chance for Heisman moments and everything. But like you said, I can't really remember a time when I've seen a quarterback improve this much. To your point, Nick, I mean, he was benched after the Texas game. Like, it's crazy, man. I I mean... He couldn't throw the football. Couldn't throw. At all. Couldn't throw the football. And and now, I mean, we all saw the pass that he made at the end of that game just on an absolute rope to Isaiah Bond in the back of the end zone. Here's some stats that I found on Twitter when Alabama plays in Atlanta that Mm -hmm. are absolutely insane. Since Alabama lost to Tim Tebow in Florida in the 2008 SEC Championship game... You have to go all the way back since then. Ever since, when Alabama has played in Atlanta, Nick, they are 16-0, 8-0 against AP Top 10 teams, 7-0 against AP Top 5 teams, and have won 12 of the 16 games by... Out here. Like, I don't want to put faith in NC State. Jinx is definitely not paying attention. Most sports gambling show... We want to hear from you. Predictions and bets with the Send It In community. Set your calendars and get ready. Weekday afternoons at 1 East. YouTube and Bet QL.
So I think his total's too low at 55 and a half. I, I kind of like the over in this game as well. All right, so right now it's Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington 3, Florida State 4 in the college football playoff rankings. Oregon sits at 5, Ohio State drops to 6 after their loss to Michigan. Yep. Then we got Texas at 7, and then we got Alabama at 8. Alabama beats Georgia. That scenario is not crazy. Nope. But it will ensue chaos. It will. Does Alabama jump all the way into the top four? Because I feel like the committee, for one, would, I mean, they'd look for any reason to get them back in again. Like, we know they're a draw. Let's be honest with ourselves here. This is a tournament that also involves ratings and money, and they want eyeballs, and they want the best possible teams. The NFL would love the Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl every single year. Alabama, better than the Cowboys. I understand that, but you understand what I'm trying to say here. If Alabama beats Georgia, can they leapfrog that many different teams, including, let's say, Oregon here? If Oregon beats... Like... I feel like it seems impossible, but it's Alabama, so there's got to be a chance that they could jump all the way into the top four. So apparently all my friends were watching the playoff show, and they were listening to the sound, and apparently the committee director said that Washington, Oregon is a playoff game. It's a de facto playoff game. That makes so sense. we obviously weren't listening. I didn't hear, yep. but that's what they were texting me. So if we take them by their word, that is obviously a huge development mm-hmm. because I thought – that Bama would get in over Oregon if those if it came down to those two teams. But by them that saying that, Nick, Bama by no means controls their own destiny. Right. They need to win, obviously, but then they have to they have to have Florida State lose to Louisville. Mm-hmm. They need those two things. Because what makes this all so fascinating is Texas head to head win against Alabama. That that's what makes right. all of this that's right. That's exactly what I was gonna say is Texas has now beaten them. But uh, that's what makes it all so you know because what is very a real very real possibility Michigan wins Oregon wins Florida State wins those three teams are in Texas and Alabama wins and it comes down to those two how do you put an Alabama over Texas if Texas beat them all right right now most likely four teams in the playoff most likely yep right now given obviously before uh, championship weekend. I'll go Georgia, mm-hmm. Oregon, Michigan, Florida State. That would be the most likely. Yep. So really, it'd be the swap to them from that yep. one right there. Washington, Oregon, whoever wins that. The game. committee's biggest fear is Bama beating Georgia. Yeah. And then we get some excitement on Sunday. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I want absolute chaos. Oh, man. I love the chaos because <laughs> we got 12 teams next year. It's not going to be the same way again. Right. I love where we are. It's been MGM tonight.